Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan. And Sherelle, we've just watched what I'd consider definitely the worst game of the year by the Tar Heels. Lose 80 to 69 to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech got hot late in the first half and it sort of sort of carried on to the 80 to 69 win your overall take. Um, yeah, so I think it was bad offense coupled with bad defense coupled with um, at times, and I think Roy Williams would admit this, a lack of effort from his team. Um, so when you had those three together on the road against an opponent who can score, an opponent who's lost a couple of games in a row, an opponent who desperately needs a win to pad their resume for the NCAA tournament, and that's kind of what happens. I mean, I think it's disappointing for some of the North Carolina players, particularly the upperclassmen. They've been here. They they know what it's like to go on the road as North Carolina and the ACC. And it just didn't seem like you never want to question anyone's effort, but it's just they didn't seem as into it um, as Virginia Tech. And I think I showed on the court. Yeah, a lot of people comment about Buzz Williams and I've I tweeted about it. I'm generally a fan of him, but I thought he was a little bit overboard. If he'd been wearing green, it would have kind of reminded me of the Notre Dame mascot, the way he was acting at some point. <laughs> but his team fed into that. And in the end of the first half, went on the 15-2 to two run, and Carolina just gave in. And, and that's what I've seen, Sherrod. I want your opinion on that. And maybe I'm being too harsh. It just looked like in the second half, I think Sean McDonough said it at one point, they were just going through the motions. And that's not something you'd expect from a Joe Barry, Theo Pinson led team. And yet it happened. Um, and it's happened a couple times this year. I think a part of it is offensively, it's very difficult for them to score. And so some of the flaws that we talked about, you know, during the off season, you know, during the non-conference, those flaws are really starting to come to the fore. Um, particularly the team's dependence on three point shooting. It's very, uh, it's very hard to go into someone else's place in the ACC and win, let alone doing it without getting really any easy baskets, without much transition to speak of, um, basically just getting the majority of your points from three. Uh, they took 31 threes uh, today. And that's the second time in the last week they've taken 31 threes in a game. And that's just that's the way it is for Carolina this year. I mean, it's we, we keep trying to come up with kind of a, a solution, like a, a magic elixir to figure out what's going on with them. But that's just what it's going to be is that when they make shots, it's, you know, they were 15 for 31 the other night. It, it's going to look great. And when they don't make shots, they're 10 for 31. You know, those 15 points. Um, from those five, for the, the difference between 10 for 31 and 15 for 31 is 15 points. And, you know, that's the difference between a win and a loss on the road in the ACC. Furthermore, you just look at the starters. You look at the offensive production, and it is it really is putrid. You have Luke May and you have Joel Berry, who played well on offense at times. And then the only other person who made two field goals was Brandon Robinson. Theo Pinson was one for two. Cam Johnson and Kenny Williams combined two for 15 and one for 10 from three. They, they just, they're not going to win anything of consequence when those two guys shoot like that. And it's really becoming a theme because on the road, you look at their road home, home and road splits, and those two guys have struggled on the road. So Carolina desperately needs Cam Johnson and Kenny Williams to knock down some shots, to take some of the pressure off of Luke May and Joel Berry. You look at the box score, like you mentioned, Berry and May with 23 each. Uh, nobody else with more than five, and that was Brandon Robinson 
like you talked about, he hit one three and made his other basket, and I thought looked pretty good. He's performing when he's in there, and he's showing some fight and grit. Yeah, if you look at uh, Ken Pomeroy does the advanced statistics, um, kind of the per, pos- per 100 possession stuff, if you look at all his numbers against what he considers Tier A competition, which is top 50, pretty much all of Brandon Robinson's numbers get better with fewer minutes against better competition. And tonight, I mean, he was the only other person besides Luke and Joel to have more than one field goal. He was two of two. He had five points in general. He hustles. Uh, There was one play for Tech had a breakout. He ran back and and prevented the guy from getting a layup, but uh, Kenny Williams was a little late getting back, and Virginia Tech got the rebound and put it back in. But he's showing the effort. Um, He's showing the ability to hit a couple shots. He's hit four threes in his last two games, so that's significant. Or excuse me, three threes in his last two games. So I think that's significant. And in general, I think he might be someone who's earned a few more minutes, especially if Kenny Williams and Cam Johnson continue to struggle. He he can be someone who can come in and help the Tar Heels. Um, let's talk about Pinson now. And I've kind of I've said it a million times. He's he's sort of maddening. And you look at his line; he certainly didn't shoot it at all. Uh, one for two, finished with four points, but he had eight assists and six rebounds. You like those numbers, but he had three turnovers. And two of those passes, Sherelle, another example of just kind of going through the motions there. Uh, Do you think having the short turnaround, you're at home against Georgia Tech and then you travel to Blacksburg, it's not an excuse, but do you think there was any lingering effect there uh, for those guys? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's definitely there's something to that because that's kind of the NCAA tournament mode. That's what you do early in November. And it's usually what you do in March. You don't do that a ton um, during the season. And North Carolina, they, they had it last year. I think this is the third year that uh, the ACC has had the big Monday deal. Um, and they've struggled. You know, they're they're eight and six now over the last three years on the Monday game when you go Saturday, Monday. So eight and six, you know, just kind of. It's pretty average. It's not great. It's not bad. Um, I, I just would expect more from a team that has this many upperclassmen, a team that's experienced and done and been some of the places that this team has had. It, it's just, it was a little disappointing to see some of the effort issues. And again, I don't think we're out of school saying that because I think uh, right now, Roy Williams is in the press conference. I bet he's saying something similar. I mean, <clears throat> another thing you look at, and not to call anyone out or anything, but you look at Cam Johnson, Kenny Williams, Garrison Brooks, and Sterling Manley. They combined for, it looks like, eight rebounds. And Joel Berry, the starting point guard, who's 5'11", six foot, had seven rebounds. That's just, you know, for Roy, for, for Roy Williams and what he wants to do, that that's unacceptable. So it's never good for North Carolina to lose. You know, I, I know that those guys are upset with the way they played. But, you know, take solace in the fact that it is one game. It was on the road. And they do get a few days off now before they go back home to play NC State. So this is maybe a chance for everyone to regroup, to take some a couple of days away from basketball, um, kind of like a, a bye week in, in football, um, and come back refreshed and ready to go on Saturday because it, it was a poor effort, and I think it's going to stick with them for a couple of days. Yeah, looking at the uh, box score, Carolina out-rebounded by Virginia Tech, and I think I heard them say it on the broadcast. Virginia Tech down in the 150s. Carolina first in the nation in rebounding margin. That goes to your effort, and Virginia Tech guys were – on it let's let's talk and we when they lose we tend to pile on a little bit but i think this point i want to make and want to ask your opinion on uh is is relevant uh you've got felton 
and you've got Barry. And we've discussed the Seventh Woods injury, and I said it on Twitter and got in back and forth a little bit with Ross, and Ross and I will discuss it tomorrow. I think his injury has been bigger than people want to admit, not for his production, but for just how the sort of the, the chemistry between these guys. So Roy Williams is in a, a situation where he runs Barry into the ground, and he has to, and Barry's not going to, you know, bucket because he wants to be able to play as much as possible. But you put Felton in, and I think one sequence in the second half summed up Felton's play uh, this season for North Carolina for the most part. He shoots the three. He stands there flat-footed as Virginia Tech gets the rebound. And getting the rebound is not his responsibility. But he stands there flat-footed. They get out on the break. I forget who tried to lay up, and Felton didn't box out the guy, and they end up getting another offensive rebound chance. Sherelle, that's the that's the issue right there. That's Roy Williams' quandary with Seventh Woods on on the shelf is play Barry 38, 39 minutes a game and risk running him into the ground or play Felton, who just hasn't shown it night in and night out. Your thoughts there? Yeah, for Felton, I think it's kind of – uh, they're stuck in this vicious cycle and that Felton comes, you know, comes to campus and he has to learn to do things the way that Roy Williams wants them done. And so as he's learning to do those things, maybe his confidence takes a little bit of a hit and then he gets into the game and maybe he's just not quite as aggressive as he would be because his confidence is a little low. And so then he makes another mistake. And then Roy Williams says, well, you're not going to play because you're making these, these mistakes that I tell you not to make. And so when he does play, he makes the mistake because he's thinking about it and on and on and on the cycle goes. So he's just got to commit to saying, okay, I'm going to come in the game. I'm going to guard my guy, make sure he doesn't score. And then I'm going to make the next pass. So he's, he's got to, you know, have that mindset, play this possession, make the next pass, make the next shot, uh, guard this guy, get the ball. You know, he, he has to focus on doing the next thing that he has to do. Cause if not, he's, you know, I don't know if he'll be able to get it this season. And with seventh, it, it's funny because uh, North Carolina had a safety valve last year in Nate Britt. I mean, you know, Nate, for all his struggles, was a very solid backup point guard. I mean, that's what he ended up being in his four years at Carolina, even though he started a few games. And I think seventh Woods was on his way to developing into that kind of role. Um, because, you know, behind Joel Bear, you're not expecting anyone to come in and score a whole bunch of points and do a lot of crazy stuff. You just want them to be don't want them to be a net negative. That's really the goal. It's just break even while Joel Berry's on the bench and you've done your job. And right now, um, it seems like Felton's unable to do that. I think Seventh Woods would have gotten closer. You know, he still is developing as well, but at least he um, knows what Roy Williams wants on defense. And that was a place where he's really starting to excel. So to, <laughs> I kind of went a roundabout way to say, I do think they miss him some just because he – I think wouldn't have hurt the team. And I hate to say that, but he wouldn't have hurt the team in the way that maybe Jalik does sometimes with the defensive lapses. Yeah. And, and like you said, like I said, I, I don't mean to knock one player over another, but that just kind of typified the effort all around from North Carolina tonight. Uh, and, they fall 80 to 69. Go ahead. And, and so it, this is kind of a offshoot of the game. But it's good for North Carolina fans and people who follow the program. This is kind of, a, I think, a good, maybe not for the team, but for the fans, a, a very good reality check. People have to remember that this team lost its backup point guard, 
it lost its top three post players and it lost the ACC player of the year and a first team All-American. So the fact that it is 16 and five, five and three in conference is still very, very positive. Um, But this North Carolina team was never going to be as good as that team last year or as good as the team two years ago. So I think because they, they played so well at stretches and they've looked so good for stretches that expectations kind of got a little bit out of whack. This is what North Carolina is going to be the rest of the season. They're going to be a team that can beat anybody on any given night. They're also going to be a team, as we saw with Wofford, that can lose to literally anyone on any given night. And it just depends on how engaged they are and how they're shooting from three. I, I hate to make it that simple, but even tonight, I mean, they only got out-rebounded by one. I'm looking at an unofficial box score. They only got out-rebounded by one. So it wasn't like they were awful on the boards. But it's that 10 of 31 shooting from three. And then, you know, overall 27 of 63. And they only shot five free throws. Um, so it's just, it's different. This is not traditional North Carolina basketball. And people, we're 21 games in. People kind of have to just realize it, that it's just different. And it's going to be that way. This is how this team has to play. They have to make threes to win. And if they don't make threes, they're not going to. Uh, leave it to Sherelle to make it as plain as it can be and to let everybody back up and take a reality check. I agree with everything you said. The only issue I would have is being engaged every night. It shouldn't be that difficult uh, to be engaged, at least on the defensive end, because shots aren't going to fall, but to be engaged every night. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how practice goes this week leading up to the weekend. And, I and that's. Imagine. And I mean, that's the difference between, I was talking with some friends about this, that's the difference between an uh, upper echelon or elite team and a good to average team, is that whatever, it, you always talk about in football, defense travels and running game travels, the best teams, what they do best travels, no matter where they play, who they play, what type of game they're in, it doesn't matter. And this North Carolina team, they, their their highs, their ceiling isn't high enough to compensate for some of the deficiencies that they have, not being able to get easy baskets, not really being able to finish at the rim and transition. Um, so those kind of things, they the threes have to make up for that. And, you know, they have some games and they haven't some games, and that's why they're 16 and five. Yep, 16 and five on the year, five and three in the conference. Lose 80 to 69 to Virginia Tech. Sherelle, before we go, let's talk a little bit of recruiting with a game on Monday night and not another one until the weekend. Rory Williams will be busy. I would think what's going on there and any other movement that you see, or can we expect from your scoop maybe in the 2018 class? Yeah. So um, a few times over the years, Roy Williams has said the way he likes to get over losses or kind of deal with being upset is to get on the road and go recruit. And so tomorrow, I mean, he didn't obviously anticipate losing tonight, but tomorrow he'll be in Texas to see uh, 2019 forward Will Baker. Uh, He's a guy that Carolina offered kind of out of the blue, um, in the fall, and they've actually been down. Coach Robinson, Steve Robinson, was down in December to watch him during a Christmas tournament. And so Roy Williams is making a return trip. He is a uh, more of a traditional post player, um, and that's something they're looking for in the two ni- 2019 class. We expect that Coach Williams and his staff will be out on Wednesday and Thursday, maybe even Friday, and possibly one more trip over the weekend. So I think they'll be very busy over the next few days um, just to get out on the road and recruit again. Cause it's been a little bit, it's been a, a difficult season for them as far as game times and scheduling to get on the road. So I think, you know, coach Williams is probably looking forward to that. 
Good stuff, Sherelle. I'm sure we'll hear plenty about it on the Inside Carolina message boards, the UNC Basketball Premium message board. Always a great place to find Sherelle's scoop, weekly scoop, and other information about recruiting and all of this stuff that we talk about here on these Inside Carolina podcasts. Carolina loses 80-69. to 69. Sherelle, appreciate you joining me. Yep, appreciate it, Tommy. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.